You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest episode of KCSN Update with the stories, stats, headlines, and rumors people are talking about to get you caught up on all things regarding the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Rotating guests with different perspectives. The latest episode of KCSN Update, presented by DraftKings, begins now. Welcome back into KCSN Update, presented by DraftKings. I'm joined by Matt Verderam of Sports Illustrated. Matt, how have you been? How are things? It's been a while since we've caught up. I think it was Indianapolis since the last time that, that you and I talked. It was. It was at the Combine. It was uh, you and I and a uh, good friend, BJ Kissel. We're all hanging out. But yeah, it's been good. It's been good. Um, SI is keeping me busy. I just finished up the first leg of my camp tour, which was six teams, five cities, five days. So we were putting in the mileage. Um, and I got, I got the Vikings, the Chiefs, and the Packers left. So I'm looking forward to that. It'll be at Chiefs camp on August 15th. So uh, one of their last days in St. Joe. So it'll be good. Um, but yeah, a lot, of, a lot of features, a lot of camp reports. I mean, people can check that out on my, my Twitter handle, which is just my name. It's illustrated. But yeah, it's been, it's been good, man. I, I have no... Very excited to have you on. I really appreciate you taking some time. Uh, as you mentioned, that's right. I saw you were on that training camp tour, and I sent you a message. I was like, I don't know if you got time to to <laughs> sit down because I've been seeing you all over the place. I hope you're getting all those airline miles racked up to, oh. to collect it for the season. I'm driving. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah, I I hate flying. I'm driving. Wow. I hate fly. And 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 whenever I say that, people are like, Oh, you're scared to fly? No, no, no. My favorite part of flying is being in the airplane. I hate airports. Hate them. Will not st- like when I go back. I, every year I'm, I'm from New York. If people can't tell by my accent, every year I go back, and it's a 13 hour drive from my house to where I grew up. Every year I drive it. I don't care. My whole the whole rest of my family, my two daughters and my wife, they fly. I drive. I nothing annoys me more than being delayed at an airport. Nothing. So I will drive through a biblical rainstorm. <laughs> Like thunderstorm, none of it matters. Middle of the night, like I'd rather do that than sit for ten minutes in O'Hare. So yeah, I'm driving this whole day. Oh my goodness, like, I'm even more impressed. That's true. They got to rack up the Marriott points. You'll be getting some free room before you know. Oh yeah, I think I, I think I'm a silver member now. So it's good. Look at that. I know I'm rolling. It has some perks. It has some perks. But uh, before we dive into like the cheese stuff. I- I'm curious because you've been to so many camps. What's been like your favorite one so far? Not necessarily the on the field stuff, but like what they what the team does for like media members or even just like fans around uh, the the facilities. The Bears are very good, um, but I, I got to give it to the Lions, man. The Lions are first class all the way. I mean, they take care of you from start to finish. They make like some of these teams make your life intentionally difficult. Like for reasons I'll never understand, because I always think to myself, like you're making it difficult on purpose. So then, like if something happens, it could go either way. Like you're going to get hammered by every medium in the world. Is that to deal with with your nonsense? The Lions, super helpful. First, by, and by the way, a gorgeous facility at Park. My God, you couldn't have a nicer place. I mean, and the Colts have a very nice facility. I should mention as well. They're in, they're in uh, Westfield, Indiana, which is about a half hour outside of Indy. Um, but yeah, like the Lions were were awesome, and I give it to them. And they were they were busy on uh, on Tuesday when I was there because they had a joint practice with the Giants. So you had all the Lions media, and the Giants oh, wow. media, and then you had a whole bunch of people like myself who were national media who just dropped in. Like I was there, Jeremy Fowler was there, Mike Tirico was there, Jake Laser was there, Ken Jones was there. 
<laughs> like they were, and on top of that, Marshawn Lynch and Barry Sanders. So it was uh, the, the Lions first had a lot going on that day, and they they handled it absolutely beautifully. That's interesting. I, I always am very curious about the other trading camps because the Chiefs do it really well in St. Joe. I think for the fans, it's a, it's a really great great spot to go out and, and be have some access to this team. It always makes me makes me curious about these other teams and, and how they do things. But the Lions, I saw, I think they sold out their season tickets for the first time in Ford Field history yeah. uh, this season. So that's exciting. There's a lot of buzz around that team. It was crazy. Like, so I was there on Tuesday, and the fans started chanting "Let's go Lions!" like at a very aggressive, uh, audible tone. And it was like a half hour into a practice. It was. When they finished practice, they got an ovation, and you, wow. it was just, you're like, they are ready. They are, if you know, they play the Chiefs, of course, week one at Arrowhead to open the season. If they win that game, Detroit is going to be throwing a Super Bowl parade for them when they get off the plane. Like, I can't even imagine what that place is going to be like. Uh, but they're excited, and they should be. I thought of of all the teams I have seen to this point, which is the Bears, the Colts, the Bengals, the Browns, the Giants, and the Lions. The Bengals, I can't fully judge because Burrow wasn't there. I mean, right. it's kind of hard to judge the Bengals when Jake Browning is your starting quarterback. But, like, if, if Burrow had been there, they're the best team I've seen, which is no surprise. The Lions are pretty clearly the second-best team. Like, oh, wow. The Lions were really good. Now, it's got to translate, and they've got to go out and win. And, you know, they held the odd stuff. But, like, when you watch the Lions, you could definitely see a team that could win, like, 11 games and be, you know, in the division. I don't think they're a Super Bowl team, but they're a good team. They're a team that I expect to be uh, a, a, a healthy favorite in a lot of their games. Absolutely. I think a lot of uh, national media picked them to win their division as well, and I don't think that it would be that big of a surprise if they do win their division when you look at the state of the, the other teams in the uh, the NFC North. The Chiefs do get the, I would I want to say, fortune of playing the NFC North this season yeah. uh, of yeah. playing those teams. Um, and I think that there's going to be some really good contests. The Minnesota Vikings game will obviously be a really good one. That's actually the only team Patrick Mahomes has not beaten in his career. Um, Sansa King. Not more. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So to be the only team, if 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 he does beat them, I think it's a 325 game in Minnesota. Uh, it's going to be that that will be the last team that Patrick Mahomes has to check off. Obviously, he hasn't beat the Chiefs because he plays for them. But um, that'll be the 31 teams that he's beaten. Uh, but Matt, I want to talk to you a little bit about Chiefs camp. Let's switch the gears to the Chiefs side of things. Um, it's been a very interesting Chiefs camp. You and I were kind of talking beforehand. I talked with Seth Kaiser yesterday about this. How this Chiefs team, and this is a good thing, people might may take it negatively, is just been very boring. I, I, there's not been a lot of storylines. Sans the Chris Jones kind of uh, conundrum, I think is probably the right word to use when talking about that whole deal. Sans that. This team, the conversation around this team has not been about who's going to start where. Uh, is this player going to replace this player? It's been about kind of low-level roster decisions and kind of how this team can keep it going heading into a Super Bowl defending year. It's pretty weird when your first-round pick is not in any way, shape, or form projected to be a starter. Right. Um, nobody cares. It's just like, that's fine. It's like, yeah, if you know, Felix and DK Uzama, good player, good talent. Yeah, if he plays 25% of snaps this year, that's fine. Because we have another first round pick right if you the Chiefs right in front of him. And then you've got a you know, a meta who right right now suspended, of course, but then you have, hey, you have Mike Dannon, Chris Jones can flex outside. It's just like 
it doesn't matter. Your second round pick is Rasheed Rice, and he's been excellent in camp. But like, if he doesn't see a ton of snaps, sure, nobody cares because you have MVS, and you have Kelsey at tight end, and you have Sky Moore who's developing. It's it's just unique. I mean, you you know, at all the camps I've gone to, everybody's super focused on the rookie class and like a guy that's in broad. And even with the Chiefs in terms of free agent additions, other than the tackles, which are the the big one, like Drew Tranquil certainly is a very very good player, but the Chiefs are loaded. Like, if, if Tranquil wasn't there, they'd still be fine a linebacker. It's just now that Tranquil's there, they're that much better. Mike Edwards is a good player. He's a safety. But again, like, it's not like anybody's going, man, I hope Mike Edwards has a big year because otherwise, they don't know what's going to happen. It's just, there's, you put it perfect. Like, they're so great that it's a boring camp because you're like, well, what's the big battle here? Like, what, it, it's, it's toward the back end of the roster, right? I mean, it's, it's who's going to be the last corner? Who's going to be the last receiver? Who's going to be, you know, they keep do they keep a fourth tight end? You know, does CH end up on the on the week one Ross? So like those are really the questions, and those questions aren't exactly leading sports center. So yes, I, I, <laughs> I when when I start to think about this offense because I think that's probably the biggest stories. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, stands the Chris Jones conversation, right? The, the offense and, like, the wide receiver room, I think we've been talking about ad nauseum in Kansas City. Uh, but but one thing that we haven't talked a whole lot about, which I thought that we were going to talk a whole lot about, is the offensive line. They've got two new tackles this year. They've got an interior that is one of the best interior in the offense in, in the National Football League. And we haven't talked about them at all. Like, they signed Jawan Taylor. Donovan Smith came in after the draft. So it was one of those things of, you know, they talked about moving Jawan Taylor to left tackle. And then you thought, okay, maybe Donovan Smith's going to play right tackle. Nope, Jawan Taylor's back at right tackle. Donovan Smith's there. There hasn't really been any controversy there either when we thought that there was going to be a lot of controversy there. Well, I think, you know, for the Chiefs, so Jawan Taylor was their big free agent acquisition, right? Because Triangle's a very good player. He's a one-year deal. Edwards will bring like the, the big, big ticket item, if you want to go that right. It was Jawan Taylor. He's the guy who the Chiefs were like, we need to address our tackles, and that's the way we're going. And at first, it was like, yeah, he's going to play left tackle. And then they went through the draft. And I think the – I, I would put it this way. My educated thought on this is that the original thought for the Chiefs was, hey, sign Juan Taylor. He can play either side of the line. And if – find somebody in the draft that we really like early in the draft, like first round early, yeah, great. Then Taylor can play on the left side and we can bring in a rookie on the right side and so on and so forth. That didn't happen because all the tackles were gone by, like, pick 16. Okay. So then the Chiefs, like, you know what else is an idea? Sign Donovan Smith and just keep everybody at the regular position. And Smith comes in off a down year. He was very good for Tampa before that, but last year struggled, had a thumb injury, had some other injuries as well, and didn't play particularly well. He comes in on a one-year deal. So far, his camp has been fine. Um, but if you're the Chiefs, like, Donovan Smith doesn't even have to be great or very good. Donovan Smith just can't be a turnstile. Right. That's it. Like, as long as he does that, you're fine. And the rest of the line is so good that even if he's bad, you'll just chip and you'll double and you're not going to care. Like, I mean, Orlando Brown last year was good at left tackle, but he wasn't. Like it wasn't like you watched Orlando Brown and said, "Oh my God, he's just locked down," right? Like he was, right. he was their fourth best offensive lineman last season. I would argue. Yeah. 
Donovan Smith can be their fifth best offensive lineman by a wide margin, and it's still fine. So it's just they have such error to play with that you know Donovan Smith just has to be okay. And if he's at, they're they're one of the best lines in the NFL. And I had this conversation too with with the lab guys about you know where do you put Donovan Smith? I know the contract comes up when you talk about Jawan Taylor; he's the highest paid right tackle. But when you talk about the money they're spending on tackles. Probably about the same that any team would when it comes to uh, just put taking both tackles, putting their combined salaries together. Uh, I think it's a good idea. A guy coming off of a year where he said that he played through some things he probably shouldn't have. He said that in his introductory press conference. He probably made things a little bit worse for him last year. That Tampa Bay line was decimated last year. He had a he had like a rotating left guard next to him. Pretty much every game was a different guy. Um, but putting him next to Joe Tooney, I think, is going to help a whole lot. And having a guy like Joe Tooney next to him is probably the best case scenario is to have a guy who is incredibly reliable and consistent to put your quote-unquote worst offensive lineman. I don't necessarily, you know, you're, as you mentioned, he can be the fifth best offensive lineman. To put him next to one of the best interior guys in the game right now is going to help him a whole lot. Well, yeah, I mean, it doesn't hurt when your quarterback is an all-pro who can move all over the place. And why next to you is it? All pro and the centers and all pro, and Trey Smith's probably one of the best players in the league who has not been a Pro Bowler yet. Right? Uh, yeah. I mean, if you're Donovan Smith, it's like, well, my right side's covered, and I don't really have to worry about a guy beating me with a speed rush because if that happens, Mahomes can just step up and out of the pressure. So really, I just can't get bull rushed into oblivion. And if I don't get bull rushed, I'm in pretty good shape. Like I don't really need to worry about anything else. I mean, if you're Mahomes, you're sitting there telling him, "Look, man." I don't care if some guy takes a huge arc. Just don't get bowled over and we're in good shape. I think that that's kind of the philosophy. Now, I, I know that kind of Orlando Brown went on. I think it was ESPN and was talking to people, telling people about how Mahomes dropped back too far. And I think the, even the stats, the advanced numbers said that, like, Mahomes didn't drop back as far as he did in years past last year. Um, so it's that's something to watch for as well. But another thing um, on the offensive side of the ball that I want to get to Actually, first, let's take a break, Matt. Let's take a break, and then we'll get to some roster construction uh, in terms of tight ends and running backs. There's not a fullback on this roster for the first time in it, with what seems like the Andy Reid era. So let's uh, take a break, and we'll be back right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy, with Constant Contact. 
Constant Contact's award-winning marketplace platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. It's okay if you don't know much about marketing. Constant Contact's writing assistant tools and automation features help you craft messaging and say the right things at the right time. I use this to help write and send my email newsletters, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Welcome back into KCS Update. I'm hanging out here with Matt Verderam of Sports Illustrated. Matt, I teed it up kind of before the break. Uh, there's a little bit of some roster construction things that are some quirks you could say probably about this team right now with not having a fullback you could usually always pencil in a fullback for the Chiefs now they have that uh, open roster spot you could call it and I know some people have said seventh wide receiver some people have said you know fourth tight end fourth running back Chiefs have traditionally taken four uh, tight ends so what do you think that they kind of do with that uh, quote-unquote open roster spot that they have on the offense? Well, it's interesting. Like you mentioned, they're, they're not carrying a fullback as they, as they always have on their end. Um, I mean, look, I think if you look at the roster construction with the receivers, so let's just go through it. So if Tony's there week one, which now they think he will be, okay, mm-hmm. if you get Tony, he's a lock. MBS is a lock. Rice is a lock. Moore is a lock. So now you're into like Justin Ross, who is everybody's Jerry Rice in camp this year. And then you have... Justin Watson, and you have Richie J. Justin Watson's making this game. Like, I've seen so many people say, well, they could cut Justin Watson. No, they can't because he's a core special teams player. They're not cutting him. People have this Madden syndrome where they're like, well, we just had six receivers who are all Randy Moss. It's like, that's not how the league works. Teams don't want that. Teams want three Randy Mosses, four Randy Mosses, and then they want a couple guys or gunners and can return kicks. So when you look at it, he's making the team. The question then becomes, if they keep only six, would they cut James, who had a pretty decent year with the Giants last year, and they brought in on a one-year deal? Or would they keep Ross, who was a priority undrafted free agent a year ago and did not play last year, was on IR, now is, is playing incredibly. If you're the Chiefs, I don't think you can cut Justin Ross. I just, I, you're, look, he's not getting to the practice squad. That's no. not going to happen. So, because if anyone doesn't understand that, like if, if they try to get him on the practice squad, he's got to go through waivers. He's not getting through waivers. There's no way he's getting through waivers. So if, if you're the Chiefs, I think you keep seven guys, unless, unless for whatever the reason you just feel like Richie James, forget it, don't worry about it. But I, I'd keep seven. I'd go with three running backs personally. Oh. I, I think if you're Kansas City, look, You've got Prince, you've got McKinnon, you've got Pacheco. You can always have a guy in the practice squad, like a like a Derek Gore type guy on the practice squad. I would move CH either for a pick, like a seventh round pick, if you can do it and save a couple million bucks. You know what? You cut him and you eat a couple million dollars, but you get like six hundred grand on the back end. So be it. Fine. I and I just don't think it's that big of a deal. Like if you need another back, you can always sign a back. There's a million guys available, right? So, I mean, heck, some guy gets hurt week one, Dalvin Cook's sitting out there. Hey, Dalvin, come on in. Like, you can always do that. That's what I would. I don't know if they'll do that, but that's what I would. It's really interesting, too, because it was thought for a little bit that Kadarius Tony might go on the IR right. uh, with his knee injury. So you're thinking, okay, 
the Chiefs are going to keep Tony off the bat. There's going to be a surprise cut that could happen, probably with a vested veteran like a Blake Bell. Maybe you could cut and then just add him back uh, to the team, which I think is really interesting with what they can do roster-wise. The three running backs is an interesting thing that you do bring up, Matt, uh, when it comes to that, because I'd always been working under the assumption that they were going to keep four running backs. Uh, that that assumption of that they were going to keep all those guys, because Nair Princess had a really good camp. Pacheco, obviously, is Pacheco. Um, and then with with Jarek McKinnon, hard not to keep the guy that was basically your receiving offense last you're, year. You're keeping Jarek McKinnon. Yeah. And I know some people have speculated, like, oh, maybe maybe it's McKinnon that's missing out on a job. I don't think so. His pass pro is way too valuable and way too important to this team. I would argue that had they have lost McKinnon in the offseason, he would have been the biggest loss they had. He would have been a bigger loss than Julius Smith-Schuster. You, you need that guy to block. Like, you need McKinnon. I've seen people say, well, he wasn't as good blocking last year. Look, I watched that guy block a lot in the playoffs. Hey, go, go ask Jacksonville how he blocks. Is just decleating one guy after the next. Like you, That guy is Mahomes' bodyguard. You need that guy. That guy matters way more than having some, some kid on the roster. You're like, hey, you know what? He runs a 4-4-40. I don't care. McKinnon had 10 touchdowns last year. You like that guy, and I'm not saying he's gonna repeat that. I'll have to go off ten touchdowns again, but yeah. if he blocks and he has four or five touchdowns, that guy's incredibly valuable in the Chiefs. So look, there's a world where maybe they go with three tight ends, but I don't think they're doing that. They have too many tight ends. I I and this is again, this goes to your whole like the, the Chiefs are boring in camp. This is the conversation right now. I like yeah. Get rid of Matt Bushman. Like I I don't know. Like can it, you know, I mean it. You know, there's just so many options. Now, unfortunately, what's probably going to happen is this will be settled by some injury that happens in the preseason, right? I mean, it's just the way it is. That's that's football. Somebody's probably going to get hurt, you know, and then, okay, that guy's on IR, and now there's a spot. But if there's no injuries, I, I would look at their backs and say, do you need four running backs? I don't know. I don't know that you need. You've always carried three and a fullback. So just carry three and no fullback. Who cares? Yep. And especially, too, with the fullback role, they've talked a lot about Noah Gray being able to do that fullback type stuff that they want to do. And Noah Gray this camp has been incredibly impressive to me. Not only has he been taking reps with ones, he's been taking with twos. He's been doing fullback stuff. He's been doing tight end stuff. And when they were doing one-on-ones the other day when I was out there at camp, he was blocking with the best of them. You would have thought that it was like an offensive lineman out there doing pass pro, and then he's out there making really good catches on these linebackers and these safeties and all these guys. So... I've been very impressed by Noah Gray's just ability, his growth so far this camp. And I think that's one thing that I wanted to bring up too, is like last year, Blake Bell was the guy that got hurt in the preseason and kind of opened up some spots for some guys. Um, Blake Bell's now back. I I don't know. Jody Force is dealing with a shoulder injury, a little bit of a shoulder issue this camp. Haven't seen him a whole lot, um, but I'm curious if like tight end wise, Chiefs led the league, I believe, this is what Brett Coleman told me, in running 12 and 13 personnel last year. They love to put a lot of multiple tight end sets out there. I just don't know if I can see them not taking four tight ends. Yeah, I think they will keep four tight ends. I think in the end, that's what they will do, which is why I keep looking at the backs. I mean, you don't want to go, you don't want to go with one less offensive lineman than you want because that that's just too dangerous, right? I mean, you you run into a situation where, you know, two guys go down in the game or something, now you're really stretching. I don't think you want that. The backs, to me, you could always just... I mean, look, what's the worst-case scenario? Like, worst case, turn up the the injury rating on Madden, and 
you're out of backs in a game. What, the Chiefs end just going five wide all game long? I mean, that might be the worst case scenario for the defense, right? Like, I mean, right. it's an area where Andy achieves nirvana and is throwing the ball 75 times, you know? So I just think if you're Kansas City, that's the easiest way to go about it. Um, and, and look, we have this conversation every year at some position. Every year, you know, like, well, are they going to keep six corners or five corners and five safeties or six corners and four safeties? How many, you know, I mean, it, yeah. In this case, though, I think if, if your receivers are all healthy, it's just going to be really hard to cut one of those guys. You you know you're not cutting the two second-round picks in Rice and Moore. You're not cutting MDS. You're not cutting Watson because of the special teams. You're not cutting Tony, and that's five. And to me, Justin Ross, you're going to cut that guy? Like I just – look, I remember watching him in Clemson, and it feels like, a, like an eon ago. When that dude's healthy, like, He's, he was no joke. I mean, as a freshman, that kid would have been a top 10 pick if he could have come out. So, I don't know. I mean, wouldn't you kind of be kicking yourself for the Chiefs and you caught him and he, he signs with, like, the Raiders and he's yeah. unbelievable, right? I mean, so, I, I don't know. It, it, that is the one intriguing thing. We're going to start to find out here with uh, with preseason games coming up really soon. Absolutely. And Richard James, you mentioned, did have a good year with the Giants. Also a special teams guy. Like, he has a lot of special teams ability. We know Dave Tobin is probably going to be pulling for him when it comes to that final roster meeting. But, uh, Matt, we're going to take one break, and then we're going to flip to the defensive side of the ball, talk some of the storylines they got going on over there. Charles Minnie's suspension, the defensive line, how it looks right right now. But we'll be right back right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Welcome back into KCS and Update. Matt, I kind of teased it before we threw the break. Uh, I want to talk some defense because, again, as we mentioned, there's still not a lot of hot topics on the defensive side of the ball. Charles Minnehue does get that six-game suspension. What are your thoughts? I guess we could probably divulge into a whole podcast about the NFL suspension process and everything like that uh, with the with the six games. What are your thoughts on the suspension and kind of the uh, the health of the Chiefs' defensive line room after that? You know, look, the Chiefs knew this was coming. They knew it was going to be suspended. So it's not a shock to them. I'm not surprised he's suspended for six games. Um, that said, like I, I think, and I don't know if the Chiefs feel this way, I think they need another edge rusher on this team. I mean, if I'm Kansas City, I would just go out and sign Carlos Dunlap. Right. Good well for you last year. He knows the defense. You could, you could put him in there and not worry about it, right? I mean, one thing about Carlos Dunlap, you know. You know that he's going to go in there and give you professional snap after professional snap. Like that guy, he's not taking any snaps off. You don't have to worry about whether or not he knows the scheme He's a winner. He's been there. Like I, if I'm the Chiefs, I can't go into the year with George Karloftis on one, which is fine. But then maybe FAU and Mike Dana on the other side, and like assuming Chris Jones is there, like he's he maybe takes some snaps off the edge. Like that's I'm not good with that for six weeks. That doesn't work for me. Now here's the benefit for Kansas City. Some of those weeks they play teams that are not exactly high power offensively. They get the Bears. They get they get Russell Wilson, you know. But there's a couple other games in there. You got Trevor Lawrence. You got the Lions with Jared Goff and a very good offensive line in front of him. By the way, you got Minnesota. Say whatever you want about Cousins. Like good tackles, and they can throw the football. So I don't think you want to go in there. And go, hey, Mike Dana, you're getting 80 percent of the snaps. I like Mike Dana. I don't know that he needs to do that. So. If you bring in Dunlap or someone like him, then at least you can you can kind of go, okay, you know, we're we're all right there for a handful of weeks. When Meadow comes back, great. But yeah, I mean, I I think that is one thing that the Chiefs should address. But 
they knew coming into camp that he was going to get suspended, and they've yep. done nothing. So here we are. Maybe they feel comfortable with it. Who knows? But I, when I, I've had this conversation too. When you're looking at the lines, they like to run the football. They the defensive ends that they have right now aren't necessarily guys that you feel a whole co- lot comfortable with them being out there defending the run. Uh, it's it's going to be super interesting how they do address the defensive line position because even on the interior, I think they're a little bit thin. Uh, even even with Chris Jones, I think they're they're kind of a bit thin on that interior and see how they work things up. But as you mentioned, those seven games, Detroit, Jacksonville, Chicago, the Jets, the Vikings, and uh, the Broncos, that's six. He's back for the Chargers game at home. Um, good to have him back for that one. Um, hopefully he got a full strength uh, defensive line at that point. Um, but I'm curious too, we talked about like roster positions. Linebacker five is probably another one of those ones you could talk about. If who's going to Linebacker five, safety three. Um, is who's going to be? Is it going to be D.L. Bush, Mike Edwards? Who knows? Uh, but Mike Edwards seems like he has the ability to be wherever he needs to be to make a play. He's he's a guy who is a turnover. He has that turnover ability, something that the Chiefs defense hasn't had a whole lot of, I think, in the past years. Uh, the ability to force turnovers and that, but they obviously forced turnovers would have mattered in the Super Bowl. Uh, I, I think the defense, too, specifically talking about Tranquil. They've ran this three three five Matt a whole lot during practice. I'm curious your thoughts on them with, you know, the the nickel backfield with the, with a little bit of a stack up front. Yeah, the stack. Which, like, by the way, they pretty much invented it under Hank Stram. Um, that yeah. was kind of their defense in the late sixties. It worked out okay. They won a Super Bowl. Um, I don't mind it because if you're the Chiefs right now, and this is something we haven't said in a long time, linebackers might be strength of your defense. I mean, if you're the Chiefs. It's not the worst idea in the world to get Bolton Gay and Tranquil out there together, right? I mean, that's a lot of speed, and that is a lot of coverage ability. And you can do a ton with those three guys. And then you have Leo Chanel, who can blitz, and who's a, who's a good run stopper and everything else. So, yeah, on the Chiefs, I don't hate it. And then, like, there's also when Jones is there, you can really do some nasty things up front. You can put Jones head up over the center. You can, you can mug up those gaps over the guards and force them to block Jones one-on-one with a center, that that creates issues. I mean, that was one thing that the Chiefs, I thought last year, did a lot of in the playoffs, and it didn't really get talked about a lot nationally, because maybe it's a little bit of like X's and O's, and it's not that sexy, but the Chiefs use Nick Bolton a lot to just sit up over an A-gap and go, you know what? You're blocking everybody one-on-one, and Bolton's got enough agility to get back and do what he's got to do in coverage, and they destroyed teams doing like they, would, they would just create one-on-ones across the board without blitzing. That is a thing that a lot of teams don't do because it's it's hard for that backer to get into into the position he needs to be in. But with that, it, with that three-three-five, I mean, look, really, all you're doing it's nickel either way, but you're just going from a four-two to a three-three. I think that the Chiefs probably suits you better with this group. Like, I don't, I don't mind that. And Tranquil had, I believe, it was five sacks last year. He blitz. Chanel can blitz. Right, I mean, Gay's tremendous in coverage, and certainly has the athletic profile to blitz. So, yeah, I like it. I think it gives you more speed. It gives you more versatility out on the field. I think for them, it makes a lot of sense, and it's also something you don't see teams do very often. So that's a that's a unique personnel package that opponents will have to deal with. You know, you're not seeing a three three five very often in today's game. So if you have, if you're all of a sudden you're playing against four two four two four two all, then all of a sudden you get three backers out there. Yeah, I think it creates a, a little bit of a tough situation for the opponent. 
I think Bolton's done a really good job in his zone coverage abilities. Now he's really, uh, really grown in that. And you mentioned, Drew Tranquil is one of the best coverage linebackers, I think, in the game, and Willie Gay is up there, too, in terms of coverage. If you get those guys out there, you've got some solid coverage if if you do need it. It's not like you're sacrificing anything. And up front, if you do, when everyone's healthy, when everyone's back, you have Charles Aminihu on one side, George Coffs on another, and Chris Jones at the middle. Yeah. I mean, come on. Another thing that needs to be said, too, and I'd be remiss if I didn't say it, is also maybe the best, best blitzing slot corner of football. So. You can also do that, where you can just say, okay, it's Lajarius Lee. Is he coming on this play? Is he not? What do you do? I mean, you you have, if you're Spagnolo in that package, you got a lot of things you can do. You can you can blitz backers. You can show blitz and drop off. But, like, you know, it's one thing. Look, if you show blitz with a guy who doesn't ever have a sack, then the air team, I mean, they scout that stuff. They're going to be like, oh, that guy's not coming because you never, yeah. never blitz. You can blitz with Drew Tranquil. Like, teams have to respect the fact that like, hey, he might be coming on a blitz here. Teams have to respect it. Anytime what Jerry Sneed is in the slot and he's close to the line of scrimmage, he might be coming on a blitz. It, the Chiefs also, by the way, did that a lot with Justin Reed toward the end of the year. We're like, Justin Reed might be blitzing. You could bring him that. And so you have a lot of options if you're Kansas City out of that package, and that's what you want. You want that team to be looking and going, they, they might do three different things out of this. Well, you're the advantage for the play. Matt, I appreciate you taking some time and talking some Chiefs with me. Let people know where they can find your work at. At Matt Verderam on Twitter, just as the name is on the screen. Uh, you can also find it over at Sports Illustrated and, and the MMQB. Um, I've got features and camp reports for every single team I've seen, and, and that's going to be true for the Vikings, Chiefs, and Packers as well, coming up here over the next week, week and change. Uh, and then, yeah, I'll be on the MMQB podcast as well throughout the season. Uh, but I hope to see everybody at St. Joe's on the 15th. I'll be there. I'll also be there for the opening game with the Lions and Chiefs uh, covering that one for SI. So hope to see everybody. And if you're looking for me, you can find me at any barbecue joint in the city. Yes, I will just be uh, – I'll be gaining about 28 pounds of water weight in an hour with all the sodium. But I'm, I'm here for it. I, I, I can't get enough. It's a timeless tradition. Every time you come to Kansas City, that's what you have to do. But Matt – Appreciate you joining me on today's KCS today. That's going to do it for today's episode presented by DraftKings. Really appreciate you guys sticking all the way to the end of the podcast. Listen to what we had to say about this Kansas City Chiefs team. I'll be back tomorrow with another episode. So until then, I'll talk to you guys later. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.